Hello, and welcome to Who's in the Pew? I'm Melissa PC, editor of La Fe magazine. This show is an extension of La Fe and a production of We Hope, which is run by the Diocese of Laredo's Communication Department. Each week, we will get to know someone new and learn a little bit about his or her unique involvement in our diocese. We hope you will enjoy meeting others who sit in the pews of parishes right here in the Diocese of Laredo. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Who's in the Pew. Today I have joining me Carlos and Rachel Morales, owners of Morales Fine and Performing Arts Center. Welcome, Carlos and, and Rachel. We're glad to have you here today. Very happy to be here. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. Yes. Um, Carlos and, and Rachel, you all are parishioners at Mother Cabrini Church, correct? Correct. Yes. And you go there with your three sons. Yes. And how old are your sons? Our youngest is 12, uh, 13, and 16. Oh, wow. <laughs> so te- two teenagers. Yes. Two teenagers and a preteen. And a preteen. Oh, oh, that's got to be fun. Yeah. Well, the preteen has has more, more attitude than all the other ones. Oh. <laughs> he's sassy sometimes. Yes, he is. <laughs> well, being the baby. I think so. He's trying to prove something. Pro- yes. Prove himself. <laughs> well, okay. And your parishioner is there and you are the music director, correct? That's correct. Right. And how did you come to fill this role? So I've been doing music for, for churches, for liturgical music for years. Um, I'm from Laredo. Born and raised, but when I went to college, I moved to Corpus. So in, when I was in the Diocese of Corpus Christi, I worked at several parishes over there. Mm-hmm. So when I eventually ended up moving back home back in 2007, um, I didn't have a parish that I was set on going yet. So I actually ended up going to the Brothers of St. John. And while I was with them, I just ended up doing music for their masses uh, and even for their um, on-campus ministry at Laredo College. Oh, so nice. they had a, a campus ministry and we had movie nights on Fridays. And um, so I just started doing the music for them there. And it just kind of grew from there. I just did that for many years. And then once that stopped, because since it, it's a young adults program and I got old, <laughs> too old for that program, um, you know, the younger the younger generation took over and, and I stepped back. And at that point, we needed a, a home parish because we were just at the brothers at that time. So just in our neighborhood is Mother Cabrini. So we we ended up there and. Um, Monsignor, we had was Monsignor Harris. We had a conversation once about me helping out, maybe sometimes, and you know, asked me what I play. I told him I play guitar. He goes, "Okay." He goes, "Well, we already have a lot of those already." So he kind of <laughs> actually kind of brushed me off at first. Oh, and then maybe a couple months later, we we he approached me again. He goes, "Would you be still willing to help?" But do you play piano? I go, "Yes." So he goes, okay, great. And then we had a meeting and and like they say, the rest is history. So I've been there ever since. It's been many years now. It's been wow. only four or five years that I've been there. Wow, that's great. That's great. So you're pretty much, you direct the music for, for all the masses there. Right. So one of the things that, w- that was happening before I got there was every mass had their, like their own volunteers or their own choir. Mm-hmm. So the music was very different for every mass. There was, mm-hmm. there was no no you know uh theme that would happen for every mass like this should be i mean if you go to an english mass a spanish mass or even like a latin mass all the readings are going to be the same right you know so why why shouldn't the music should kind of reflect that unity within the church too you know you can go to mass here in laredo you can go to san antonio we went to mass in san juan this past weekend 
And, you know, it's, you can go anywhere really. And the readings will always be the same. Yes. Um, you know, so there's that unity in the church already, but a lot of times in the music program within one parish, there's no unity in the music program. So that's one of the things we wanted to kind of unify and, and get everybody on board with that. So nice. that was, that was, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite an undertaking, I'm sure. <laughs> it has been, uh, and it continues to be, it's obviously it's been four or five years at this point. So it's kind of, it's kind of set now. Right. But it, it was definitely difficult at first. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, that's great that you all are, are involved there. And um, and now your, your business that you have, you started that in June of 2009? Correct. Correct. And then you all have been married since December of 2009, correct? Correct. Yes, correct. Wow. Okay. So that's a lot going on at the same time. Um, I imagine a big leap of faith uh, a faith starting a business for anyone who starts a business, right? Oh, definitely. Yes. Def I mean, it's, it's being a business owner, you never know if you're going to, you know, make it for the next month because it, it really depends. Our, you know, we, we don't sell products. We, we do a service. We're service-based. So are we going to have enough students, enough customers mm -hmm. to cover our overhead every month? Um, you know, so it's, it is nerve wracking at first when we first started um, part of it is I, I do like to take risks, but conservative risks. I'm, I'm not too crazy on taking very, very big risks. That sounds like a very big risk though. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, it's still a risk. Um, but you know, one of, one of my, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but one of my favorite, um, you know, uh, parables or gospel stories is, you know, where it says, if God knows every hair on a, is it a sparrow, I believe, and that sparrow still eats every day you know, how much more for us, mm -hmm. you know, so he provides for the birds. He's, yeah. he will provide for us. Exactly. So, and, so and, and, you know, I feel like God has provided for us from day one, really, um, yeah. has always been, you know, present in our life, even if we're not aware about it. So it's, it's, it's crazy how that happens. So even though we take risks, I've never really felt extremely scared i don't know if that makes any sense mm -hmm. i've never felt scared i've been worried like well, i hope i hope we can do it i hope it happens but i've never been scared uh, about it wow that's beautiful that's beautiful that shows a lot of trust and um, big trust in god oh yeah um, for sure definitely um so a little story about you know this that happens all the time in little little details and little sure. you know moments in everyday life but what happened to us when we found out we had the business already mm -hmm. and you know we had just started the business trying to get it to grow you know wasn't really we were st we were still going to school we were still going to school oh my goodness yes. you all wow you're both going to school right. newlyweds Managing a business. <laughs> right. So we're, you know, and the business started very small. It was, at, at first it was just a martial arts school. So I was just teaching two or three days a week, one or two hours a night. That That's it. Nothing grandiose. Um, And we're trying to get the business to grow. We're not really making a lot of money. And, um, and then I find out, or we find out that we're pregnant. Yes. <laughs> and I remember telling Rachel, I go, what are we going to do? How, I mean, cause having a child is, is from a financial point of view, it's a big responsibility. Right. You know, <clears throat> and 
I was playing at mass at the brothers at the time. And we had just played mass. And after mass at the brothers, there's normally adoration. So we stay for adoration. You know, we're praying about it. Like, what are, you know, I don't know what we're going to do, but, you know, I trust in you. I trust in God. I told him I trust in you. And played music. And as adoration was ending, people were, were, were leaving. And um, this lady comes up to me and says, oh, the music was great. And, oh, well, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And then she looks at me. She goes, are you looking for a job? And I go, yes. <laughs> and then she tells me, the school I work at is hiring a music teacher. Would you be interested? Oh, wow. I'm like, yes. Divine providence. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's how yeah. I ended up being the music teacher at Mary Help. So I, I, I worked at Mary Hope for several years yes. and it was just at the right time when it had to happen or I was like, I don't know, I don't know what we would have done, but wow. it just, it just, you know, it's, it's almost like it fell out of the sky into my lap. Like it's. Yes. Yes. yes that's a beautiful testament to, mm -hmm. to God providing, to God oh, showing yeah. up and, and just, you know, um, like you said, you know, if he's going to provide for, if he provides for the animals, how much more will he provide for us? And, exactly. And all when you were, when you, you needed, <laughs> you needed that. Yeah. It, it, it <laughs> wasn't, you know, it wasn't out of an abundance. It was out of a need that we had mm -hmm. and, and, you know, God provided. So again, you know, some, we worry, I know we worry sometimes, but I've, I've, I've never felt scared because, you know, it, you know, yeah. there's a plan. Yeah. If God is for us, who can be against us? That's right. You know, so. Yeah. That's right. Wow. Okay. So you're, you're teaching at Mary Help mm -hmm. and continuing to grow your martial arts business. Correct. And then how did, Rachel, how did you begin with your part of the business and the fine arts? Okay. So when we met originally, I mean, I've always, I've been an artist all my life and he's always been a musician. And um, I was finishing school, and well, we did want to grow our school. We had the martial arts already. We wanted to do the fine, the fine art part of it, and we just we started out. I started getting some private students going to their houses, teaching art. Um, he had some private students as well. We would go to houses and teach lessons, and then we just decided to open up that part of our business. <laughs> it, it grew from there. We we got some of those students coming in. We had parents that were. Um, wanted to register their kids with us. So it just, it grew from there. Oh. Had a few students and then grew to many more. <laughs> it's very nice. Wow. And then, and then you added also um, music. Yes. Right. So at what point did that come into the? So that happened at the, at the same time we added the art. Okay. So it was a, uh, strictly a martial arts school. So it was just two or three, two hours a day that okay. we were, that we were teaching that. So I was, I was at Mary Hope from 7.30 to 4.30 then I'd go teach at our school from six to eight, and then we, we get home. Mm -hmm. um, all while doing this, uh, I was finishing up school. So um, I I finished up my degree in December of 2013, and as soon as I finished in December of 2013, January of 2014, she went back to school. So we kind of just kind of took turns, mm -hmm. and um, <clears throat> and then it was. 2014 October when we decided to open the art school portion so we do art and music yes and uh you know talking about you know God providing at the time we, we had the idea we had the dream mm -hmm. but we didn't have the resources for it you know we, we had enough money to keep one part of the business open we didn't have enough to open or expand to to include all these other things yes 
um, in the same plaza we were at, one of the locations became available and I spoke to the landlord. I told him my plans and, and future plans, like hoping that one day we'd be able to do this. You know, we were praying about it. And he comes up to me and he says, Mr. Morales, how about um, I help you out a little bit here? We'll do a, it was a long, I think it was like a five-year lease. He goes, we'll do a five-year lease and we'll do a, um, he called it a um, balloon balloon rate. Balloon rate. That's what he called it. I go, okay, what does that mean? He goes, <laughs> I'm not going to charge you for six months. Then for three months, I'm only going to charge you $300. And then after that, I'm going to charge you $450. That's the first year. Then the wow. next year, I'm going to charge you for one whole year, like $700 a month. And then on the third and fourth year, it was regular rent. It was, it was a small unit. So it was like $1,100 a month. He goes, and on the fifth year, you're going to pay me like $1,400 a month to make up what he didn't charge me. That first year. The first year. So when you averaged it out, it came out to $1,000 a month, which is the rent. But he moved it in a way where we paid next to nothing up front for a year. Wow. And then we were able to do catch Once up. Once you built it up. Yes. yes. So, I mean, I don't know many landlords that would do that. No. You know, so, you know, again, you know, we, I know we prayed about it and, you know, we left it in God's hand. We're like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If it's not, it's not. So, you know, the fact that our landlord, you know, approached and said, you know what, you guys are good tenants. You're, you know, we take good care of his, cause it's really his building. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just using it, but we take good care of it and we make our payments on time. And he's, he's like, I'd rather have you guys than somebody new. So mm-hmm. I'm going to help you guys out. Wow, that's incredible. That's a beautiful story just to show how good people are. You know, I think sometimes it's easy to lose faith in other people. Um, We see so much that happens in the world and and hear, you know, so many stories that are not positive. That is just so uplifting just to show, you know, the good in someone. Most definitely. And that they had that faith in you. Wow. Wow. That's really cool. (laughs) And are you still at the same, uh, same location, same plaza? We are. We are in the same location. Um, we actually have moved suites around a little bit. Okay. Um, so our original suite was 105. Yeah, 105. That was a martial arts suite. And then right across the parking lot was is uh, 204. And I wanted that one. I wanted 204 for martial arts. It was a little bit bigger. It was nicer. Of course, it was more rent. Um, <laughs> but when it became available, I was still under lease for unit 105. And he he let me move. He goes, I'll let you keep your rate. Go ahead and move to the other to the bigger one. Wow. It was three months, and then we were gonna bump up rent. I go, perfect. We did that, and then our original unit became available about three years later, two or three years later, and that's when we opened up the art and music. Oh wow! In, in the original uh, space, so we were there for I don't know five years, and then when the five years were up, right next to the martial arts, which is unit two or three, opened up. So then we moved the music and the art to that one. So now they're right <laughs> next to each side. other. And then, um, you know, he was gracious enough and he said, yeah, go ahead and you can install a door if you want to connect them. And so nice. we did some remodeling and it was, you know, it's it's worked out really well for us. And we just signed up for another five years. 
So. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's incredible. Thank you so much. I know. Yes. The growth just that, you know, over the years and starting small and, and to see it flourish and really in the hands of God. Yes, I, I do remember there was when we first started our martial arts school, um, we were in a gym, in a in a gym. We had a little room and there was times where he would show up and he's like, Okay, let's see if I'm gonna get any students today. <laughs> and he we had some flyers and you know, um a set of brothers came in and they were his first students and then, you know, it was just playing the waiting game. Are we gonna is this gonna happen? It's gonna work and and then that's when he did find the other job at Mary Help. You know, we found out we were gonna have a baby, but it was it was putting a lot of faith, you know, just waiting and seeing what was going to happen. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, that's, that's a beautiful story. Beautiful mm-hmm. story. Um, now with running a business, and now you mentioned you were pregnant at the time, but yes. now you have three boys. Yes. And so, so that's you know juggling the business and family life. What does that look like? Uh, what is, what is that like, kind of day to day? Well, it's our our children are pretty much part of the business workflow. They they attend our business every day. They take classes with us. That's nice. Um, so they, you know, on top of the regular school, we pick them up from school, and then they come to the business. And they they both the, the two youngest ones are the ones that they're more. So they both do the martial arts. Um, nice. One of them does piano as well. The other one does uh, drums. We used to have a drum teacher. We don't at the moment, but he would take drum lessons as well. Um, All the instruments are there, so they practice. Mm -hmm. They're both in band. So they get to go to the business. They get to practice their band music. They do their homework there. Um, They attend the martial art classes, and then we go home. So their regular day is is a little long, but most most kids are long because they go to school. They have activities at school like ours do, and then they go, sometimes they go home or sometimes they go to other activities. The only difference is they just stay there with us because we're the instructors. Yeah, you know? which is great. That's nice. I, I'm sure the bonding that you all have, the bond that you have with them is pretty strong because of that. Oh, most definitely. Yes. You know, it, it, it's it's so much fun on, on the weekends. Sometimes, you know, we're, you know, on Saturdays or Sundays, we have to go clean the business and get everything ready for the week. And they'll come with us and they'll help out. And so they get to see the business side. They're not just students. But they get to see the side where we have to do the upkeep for other students. Right. And then it's, it's a, you know, it's a nice area. So, you know, they bring their skates or their hoverboards. <laughs> they get to play for a while. We have smart TVs. They bring in their, their game consoles. And you know. <laughs> they have fun with it too. Yeah, they have nice. a lot of, they have a room. There's a room that they use all the time. It's there's a TV in there, there's internet, they they do their homework, they watch movies and nice. <clears throat> so it's 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 a very normal routine for them. The only difference is they're doing it there at the business. Right. Instead of doing it at home. So it's home away from home. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's neat. That's neat that they are so involved in all of it with you and the skills that that the, the life lessons that that must be teaching them in in seeing all of that. And like you said, you know, doing the upkeep and seeing the the hard work, the grit that it takes, I'm sure that's just, you know, so valuable too for them to see that. And from from babies, from the time they were babies, right? Yes. yes. As they're getting older and they we're giving them more responsibilities, they, you know, when they have to, you know, sweep, mop, take out trash and things that they do 
normally sometimes at home. So I'm sometimes because you know they're normally <laughs> kids, but you know they do it there, and it's it's nice. They do have more responsibilities being older, and it's nice seeing them grow from being little ones crawling around our business to you know now being a part of it and helping us out. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, that is that's really cool. <laughs> and how do you all incorporate? prayer time into your family and just, you know, talking about God? Is there like a specific time that you all come together to pray? Is it, you know, just kind of throughout, uh, throughout the day, your time together? I would say definitely di dinner time would be the, the, the time when we said that we said that's when we get to sit down and that's like the calmest time, I'm sure. Yes. You know, we, we, they were at school all day. We were at, at the business paperwork calls, emails. <clears throat> we picked them up. We're teaching lessons. They take some of the lessons. We finish, and then we usually uh, go, either go home and eat, or we just take them. Like last night, they wanted to go have like a burger, so we went to a to a, a burger place and sat down. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but we sit down and we just talk. Like, how was school today? How was this? How was that? Um, I think we eat out a little bit more than we should. <laughs> but <laughs> that's understandable. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's so it's also it's 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 nice to sit down and eat. Um, and you're at a restaurant, a public place, and, you know, we make sure everybody prays before we eat. So, you know, just instilling in that for years in them, mm -hmm. like you have to pray, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, public, you don't, it's not something you do just at home. You know, it's, it's, it's the conversations that we have. So something as simple as a prayer. Yes. That's already a, an outward sign of, of your faith. Right. You know, so, you know, you go to, you know, McDonald's, Whataburger, wherever you end up eating and. You know, you sit down before you eat, you pray. I mean, it takes 30 seconds. It's a sh quick prayer, but, you know, just by the, the sign of the cross and the prayer, <clears throat> that's already setting time aside saying, okay, you know, hey, we have all these things because of God. And and that really helps, I think, bring everything home yes. and, and, you know, focus our, our intentions or our thoughts on what's important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what does mass look like since you're the music director, you're at most of the masses. Right. So, Rachel, do you go with the kids? Do you all get to sit together usually? Or? Um, now that they're older, we do sit, you know, we, we sit close, but of course a little bit further away. I yes. remember when they were a lot smaller, I would try and sit as close as I could <laughs> to him, you know, try and get some help. But it, it it was, it's a lot easier now. They are older and, you know, it's... it's you don't have to run to the cry room or... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it it is, it's, it's very different. I remember them being babies. He's always been involved with the music and... You know, I, we would sit close, close to him, and I. But I try not to sit too close because you know you don't want baby to hear on the microphone or anything. <laughs> and I, I know with the brothers, they were always so used to being around the church. Our, our oldest would always they would call him a little politician. He would go and say hi to everybody, sat at the door and greet, and it was just very normal for us to be there. And they just knew the kids, and they were just always around music, and it's, it's, it's normal to them. They. They know dad does the music and, and now, you know, now that they do music, they, know oh, dad, dad kind of messed up there. They call you out. They call me I, out. And my Ooh. youngest plays piano and he's like, I think dad messed up. And I'm like, quiet, quiet. I need to let him know after mass. He hit the wrong note. And he lets me know. He goes on, on the offertory hymn, when you got to this part, you messed up. Yes, I know. Well, I mean, you should be careful. I go, yes, I know. I'm like, I'm the one with a degree in music here. Come on. I understand where I messed up. Okay. So 
You're the teacher. Yes. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I know. Yeah, obviously not. <laughs> That's hilarious. So are there plans for him to join you anytime soon? Any any of your sons to I would like for them to. Um and I kinda I kinda bring it up at least once every couple of weeks. Like, okay, <laughs> let's we should start working on something together, guys, and let's do it. Yeah. Um my middle child, he he doesn't like he gets a lot of anxiety. He's, he's in band. Shy. He's very shy. He's in band. Yes. So he in band he does very well because it's it's a group. Yes. So he kind of hides in the group and he likes doing that. Um so when I tell him to come play with me, he goes, no, because it's just you. And then people can see me. So he, <laughs> he, he, I think it's going to take a little bit longer for him to join. The younger one, though, he he comes up and he's like, is the piano still on? I go, yes. Okay. Lower the volume. Okay. Look, it was like this, right? He starts kind of trying to, <laughs> he gets the book and he tries, tries to read the music and <laughs> and and kind of do what I was doing for Masso. I think within, within a year or so, I think he's, I'm going to start bringing him up. To to play nice. piano for me, at least for like the psalm or something. Yes, you know something that's not too too difficult for him, but it be it would be nice for for that. Yes, yeah, definitely, and that too. I'm sure them just seeing you, you know, seeing how you're involved, the the leading by example. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that's got you know there there are seeds planted there. <laughs> yes. We we try and um. Talking about planting seeds, one of the things we 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 do talk about, we pray about it. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it'd be nice if one of our, of our sons becomes a, a religious or a priest. That'd be so cool. Um, of course, it's wherever God calls. But yes, um, we tell them like you know a religious or a priest or a permanent deacon or anybody that's called to a religious life, um, they're regular people. You know they're and. You know, having been involved with the brothers for so long, and we know them very well, um, you know, they would come over to the house often, or we would just go to the priory, and we hang out with them and have dinner, and mm-hmm. and they got to see that, you know, these people devote their lives, you know, to prayer and, and God. Right. But they still sit down and have, you know, spaghetti for dinner, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, they're still people. They're yeah. still, and, and Everyday, normal yeah, people. Normal people, and their, their vocation is, is slightly different than most um but they're still people and they still they they have struggles they have good days they have bad days and and i think that's important for them to see so mm-hmm. um and even to this day you know like monsignor harris will come over to the house um you know after mass i'll tell him hey i'm gonna cook out today if you want to swing by and he'll come by for a little bit and the kids will see him and that's nice so it's it's not not just monsignor with the vestments and and, you know, the incense and it's, you know, and all this, you know, very glorious imagery that you see at Mass. They, they see him sitting at the table, you know, having a, a taquito. Yes, more and, relatable. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just we're just talking about anything, really. Sometimes we talk about, you know, what's happening at the Mass, anything changes we need to do. Sometimes we're just talking about a TV show that comes on or... Sure. Or, or um, music, music and mm-hmm. um, or one time we got into a whole conversation on classic TV shows. Oh, and, and it was, that was just so much fun. We we're talking about you know the the old I Love Lucy shows and um, <laughs> what was the other one with Ed the Talking Horse? Yes. Oh yes, Mr. Ed. <laughs> yes, Mr. Ed. So we were talking about all these old shows and. <laughs> you guys are too young, but yeah, it's nice. out. <laughs> I know, but so they, nice. you see that it's just regular conversation. It's not, you know, um, something that's not attainable. 
Right. Yeah. So they would come over. The brothers would come over and play video games with the boys, and they're like, "Wow, this is so cool!" Like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's nice, you know, them seeing that. Like you said, yeah, makes, makes it. You know, they it it's something. I know our oldest sometimes would say, "Like, I want to be a priest," and you think about it, and it's like now that they they're older, seeing this relationship they have with, you know, um, priests and brothers, it just makes it more real you know that, that they can maybe one day reach that or maybe not you know it's it's nice yes mm-hmm. yeah well wherever god calls them right, wherever god right. Calls them. Mm-hmm. but that that's refreshing to hear because i know i've heard you know plenty of stories where people have said that their parents uh kind of discouraged it you know or you you hear of people like that that um they want grandkids mm-hmm. and so so you know promoting a vocation to the priesthood mm-hmm. Um, not everybody is, is, as open to it. Um, and I think even more so just discussing it. I think that's something that unfortunately doesn't happen enough, um, and needs to happen more just so, you know, kids realize just like you talk about being a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher, you know, this is also, you know, this is a special calling and this is something that, you know, just like those things. You can be a priest. You can be a religious sister. You can be a brother, you know? So that's that's great to hear that you all are promoting that. Um, I'm sure our vocations director, our chancellor, would <laughs> be very happy to hear that and bishop too. Of course. <laughs> so, but no, that's that's great. That's very special. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we, we know a lot of vocations right now. Like you said, a lot of people do discourage their 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 children from being religious or, mm-hmm. or entering the priesthood. And um, I don't know. I mean, would that be, I mean, I think that'd be really neat. That'd be really cool. Like to, to know that, you know, one of your, your children has that vocation, that calling to serve for the rest of their lives. Right. Cause that's the calling of service. Right. And that's a very hard calling. Um, yes. So, you know, that's something that not anybody can do. And, and, mm-hmm. If if they're called to it and they, and they and they go through with that calling, that's to me that's a high point. That's that's that takes a lot of courage. Yes, especially yeah. in today's world, it's very easy to to shun that away because it's like oh, they're you know it's old fashioned way of thinking or it's it's outdated. Or, but you know it's not. It's God's word is never outdated. That's you know? right. God's word word is is. It just is. Yes. And it's the world that's trying to get away from it. So if somebody does answer the call of vocation, that's very courageous, I think. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's so much uh, criticism of the Catholic Church from those who don't understand Catholicism, right? Um, That's that's really, you know, where it comes from and um, misperceptions of what the church is. Um, but, but there is, there's such criticism. So you're, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, especially in this day and age, it does take just so much courage to follow that path, um, to be willing to, um, carry the crosses that come with that vocation, um, which are are definitely unique and, um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So we will we will be praying for for your sons. That please, please do. <laughs> yes, you know, I think that's that's why it's important. At least in my mind, I might be wrong about this, but that that prayer before eating, especially if we're eating out, like I want the kids to feel like, 
you know, people might be looking at you, might be giving you weird looks like, why do you, why are you doing that in public? But that's, that's who you are. That's who we are. And that's, that's what we do. And whether other people agree with it or not, doesn't change the fact that what we do is, is real and it's true. Right. And, and we have to stand strong in that. So it's, it's a very simple gesture. That's, e it's actually easier to do here in Laredo because it's, 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 you know, it's a Hispanic town. It's, it's kind of, you know, these, these visual symbols are very common in our culture. Yes. But when we go out of town, we, you know, I'm like, Hey, have you prayed? And they're like, I prayed in my mind. I go, no, no, no. We have to do it like together, <laughs> you know? And, and they're like, okay, okay. Um, and do you, you know, and we constantly ask them, are you praying at school? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we pray at school. Okay. Well, you have to make sure you pray at school and do it properly. And I just, you know, not hide just, away from it. Yes. Yeah. Just rush through it. and mm -hmm. <laughs> Right. You know, so little things that I think, you know, it, hopefully are making a big difference in their lives and mm -hmm. their understanding. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important point that it doesn't have to be anything major. It's all the little things that, that we do that add up. And, you know, even the things that are just unplanned that come up the way we, um, interact with our children right and and the way the conversations we can kind of direct them um just plenty of opportunities to bring god into that to uh remind them of of the importance of the faith and and so yeah that's a really good point it's a small ways so were you both um curious after we've talked about all this kind of backtracking but were you both raised Catholic or what's what's the story with your own personal faith growing up? I was I was raised Catholic. Um we were we were parishioners at um San Martin de Porres. Okay. So I was involved um with the youth, the retreats, a lot of you know, the the things that young kids would do. And then moving away from the radio, I went to school in the valley and Edinburgh, University of Texas Pan American, where I started school. And um I would go to church, but, you know, not as often, you know, and then coming back to Laredo is when I got involved with the brothers and started, did my axe retreat, did all of that, all those things. And that's when we kind of met. So okay. um, I've always been involved with the church with my family. That's beautiful. Oh, it's my turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> so my, my whole family is Catholic, um, but we weren't very active Catholics. Okay. Um, I, I, I joke around it and I say we were Christers. And people are like, what's a Christer? I go, you go to church on Christmas and Easter. Oh. You know? um, we, we used to go to St. Jude's. Um, I remember going to St. Jude's a lot when we were younger. Uh, my, my older sisters would sing in the choir there. <clears throat> and then my mom helped with their CCD program. So we were active for several years there. And then when my sister stopped singing in the choir, my mom stopped doing CCD. Mm. Going to church became a very passive thing in our in our family. <clears throat> and it was just kind of that. It was it was more of a um a cultural thing. You know, you're a cultural Catholic because you're Hispanic, you're just Catholic kind of by default. So when when I moved out of town, when I moved to Corpus, um, you know, I was 18 on my own, you know, living on my own. And you kind of get thrown into the world and you're like, well, what's really out there? What's really true? What's, what isn't? So I went through this whole, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to do in regards to that. So, um, you know, I actually did a lot of, uh, you know, looking around or searching, I guess you can call it. So I did like, I, I went to a couple of non-denominational Christian churches. I went to like Baptist churches. I went to synagogues. I went to a bunch wow. of different faith 
different uh, branches of the faith. <clears throat> and um, they were, I mean, they were nice, but, you know, never really felt home. And, you know, being Hispanic and having grown up Catholic, I remember thinking, like, I don't know what to do. Um, so I remember I was I was praying to Mary, uh, Our Lady Guadalupe, and asking for for some kind of guidance and help. <clears throat> and um, at that point, I got a phone call from a friend of mine, who um, who was Baptist, by the way. But he <laughs> called me and he he um, he goes, "Hey, uh, there's a lady. He was from Alice. He goes, there's a lady here in Alice that needs an accompanist on piano. Uh, do you want the job? It's playing at a church." And I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a college kid. I'm, I'm not making a lot of money. I'm, I have a lot of bills. So I go, yeah, I'll take any job, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> and he goes, eh, and I go, well, what kind of church is it? I'm thinking like, oh, my gosh, I just accepted a job like at a Pentecostal church. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to do, right? Because he's Baptist. I was, I don't know where, where this was going. And he goes, oh, no, no, she, she sings at the Catholic church. I'm like, okay, I, I kind of know something <laughs> about that, right? Because I grew up Catholic. Right. And I go, okay, that's great. I go, well, what's the name of the parish? He goes, it's Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my uh-huh. gosh, like, <laughs> okay, I, I, I guess I belong there, and and that's really how I kind of came back into the faith. Is I started going to work there. I'm gonna say work because I wasn't going to church. I was going to the church, mm-hmm. but I wasn't going to church. If that makes any sense? Yes, you it know? was. It was just kind of a job. For it was a job, first. exactly. Yeah. It was just a job. So I, I was there, and and I was playing, and and all these things. <clears throat> and then um, Lent came around, and the priest, um, Father Ray Irlas, who's up in Rockport, Rockport, I think now. Mm-hmm. He tells me he goes, hey, uh, you know, he he talked with the lady that hired me and me. He goes, don't forget, guys, we we're not going to do the Alleluia's anymore. We need to do these changes. Da, da, da. And I'm like. Why? <laughs> like, why it's just do, boring to you. <laughs> I was like, well, I was like, why are we changing? Like, I'm, I was there for a couple months. I'm finally getting the hang of, <laughs> of the mass, right? And then it's like, we have to do changes. Like, why? And he's like, well, it's a different season. And I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> so then he had me talk to Richard Rivera, who was the RCIA director. He goes, talk to Richard. He'll, he'll help you out. So then Richard's like, okay, here, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, he got me some VHS tapes. I'm dating myself, right? <laughs> VHS tapes of some talks of some, um, you know, apologetics type talks. So he goes, the first one you gotta see is this one. And he gave me a conversion story of Scott Hahn. Mm. So um, I saw that tape and I was like, wow, that's really cool. But I still don't understand the seasons. Like, <laughs> So he goes, okay, well, just just go with me here. Now watch this tape. And he gave me a tape of Tim Staples. So then I I, I heard one of Tim Staples' um, talks. And then I, he started giving me, like, CDs. <laughs> we just found out, like, the new cars don't even have CD players anymore. I know. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know. I'm really dating myself, right? So he gave me some CDs on my drive. Because I was living in Corpus, but I was driving to Alice every Sunday to play the mass. So it's a 45 minute drive. So on my drive, I would listen to these talks, nice. Michael Crumbie, all these apologetics at the, at the time, right? <clears throat> and I started like hearing their conversion stories, why they went from being, you know, um, Calvinist or Protestants or Baptists and coming, coming home to the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I'm like, okay, I see why they're going home, 
But then why does home do all these other things? And then that's when he's like, okay, now let's sit down and talk. And we started talking about the seasons and 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 just really how Father Ray sat me down and he's like, he goes, it's a natural thing. He goes, in the natural world, we have seasons. You have, you know, you have your spring, you have your summer, fall, and, and winter. Right. He goes, it's a very natural process. He goes, the church does that too with their spiritual life. Mm. I'm like, okay, I can I can get behind that. And, <laughs> and I just start reading more and 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 before I knew it, like I was, I was back in the church. Like I was going to mass now. I wasn't just going to go play, mm-hmm. you know, even though I was still showing up to play, but it wasn't just a job anymore. Right. So this, this is when I feel like I came into the church. Wow. Wow. So God has definitely used music definitely. To, to bring you into the church. Right. Just at different points. And, and God has also just been very... Um, gracious to you and just like dropping jobs in your life. Oh my gosh, beyond gracious. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it's, I mean, I, I can't, there's no way I can deny him because like it's, it's very, it's very evident. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I sit down and think about it, it's very evident that without his grace, without his help, I'd be nowhere. I'd have nothing. Yeah. So. And our blessed mother too, with, oh, yeah. with that being, that's incredible. That's really like gives me chills to, <laughs> to think of that. Wow. I know. I haven't thought about about that in a long time. But yeah, it was funny because I remember, you know, praying for guidance to Our Lady of Guadalupe, and then I end up at Our Lady, at Guadalupe. Our Lady of Guadalupe Church. Wow. And then from there is when I really came back into the faith, and yeah, and and uh, you know, it's growing up Catholic, uh, cultural Catholics, what I call it. You know, we never picked up the Bible. We never opened it up. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was like. I heard, you know, the priests and the readers would read stuff, but I was like, I didn't know where it was coming from or anything like that. And then coming back into the church that way, you know, I felt, um, I don't know, very almost awake. Like, like sure. oh, this is where this is coming from. And, you know, you start hearing, I, I would hear the readings and now they're no longer like, oh, come on, just get through it. It's, it's, it's something that happened. It's something that's alive. Something yes. that happened that is going to happen. Something that is happening, you know. It's 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 relevant. It really, to... Yeah, it really changes changes everything. Yes, yes. Well, and um, I've often heard, you know, converts are usually uh, better versed and and know more about the about Catholicism than cradle Catholics right. in a lot of cases because they've taken the time. So, like you did, you know, studying it and really diving into it. Um, you and you had that opportunity. I think that's really cool too that you had that that time that you had that forty five minute drive when you know you would you would have that time to study more the faith and and listen to these apologists and and learn more about the faith and who better than from from those who have have converted and oh yeah and and and, and they they didn't just convert because they you know they had to because they're going to get married or right or anything like that. it's people that you know left a career yes in. And another de- denomination, like you, like I, I always think of Scott Hahn because he's mm-hmm. like one of the biggest apologetics out there. But Scott Hahn had a career in a in another, you know, religion. He had he was up there. Yes. And he, for him to come to the Catholic Church, he had to abandon everything he grew up in, everything he knew. But he did it because he knew that coming to the Catholic Church was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's where his studies. The truth. Yeah. That's where his his studies took him and. You know, he didn't just learn it from a, a book. He went, in, he went historically and, mm-hmm. you know, the church fathers, you read that. And 
I mean, that's so very different. You know, you if if anybody ever gets a chance to read some of the books, the, the you read them and it's very in depth, um, or almost even dense material sometimes. Yes, because you know, like the Bible wasn't a really official until three hundred AD. So you look at all these church fathers between you know the first couple centuries, and they weren't they were led by the Holy Spirit. You know, and and because they had that such a close connection to Christ, who walked with them, mm-hmm. that the, those teachings are very, very deep and dense. So when you can look at that, and you look at the Bible, and and that's when the church talks about their tradition. You're looking at the church fathers. That's yes. our tradition, and the scripture, and it just, you know, there's just no denying the truth of the church. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I think it's it's pretty amazing that. You know, like you said, like with Scott Hahn and with others, um, they converted really in trying to prove Catholicism to be wrong. Yes. <laughs> that was kind of their mission was, you know, we're going to prove this wrong. And then they ended up finding out, oh, wait, <laughs> I was actually wrong. <laughs> right. You know, when one of Scott Hahn's talks, he talks about the first time when he was converting, when he felt that he started to convert but hadn't made it official. Like he hadn't told anybody because he was studying again to disprove the church. And the more he read about it, he's like, how can I disprove this? It's like, it makes sense. Right. It's correct. He, he talks about going to a daily mass in a small church and he sits in the very, very back. He says, <laughs> I sat there and mass started. He goes, everything the priest was saying, the prayers, the, the symbolism, he goes, he goes, it's like I was watching the Bible come to life. Mm. I'm getting chills just thinking about that because it's, you know, when you read about that, like you read, I like his book, um, The Lamb's Supper. Yes. That's a great book, you know. So he talks a lot about that as well. And it's, you know, we, when we, if you grew up in the church, you're just like, oh, it's mass. But with somebody from the outside coming in, having studied the Bible so, so thoroughly and mm-hmm. church history and then sees that and they say that is the living church from when Christ was around that Christ established and it's happening every mass. Like how could, do you not want to go to mass? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So anyways. No. Yeah, you're right. It, it's easy to take for granted that, you know, which, which you grow up with, it, it can become very routine, I think, right? Mass. And, and especially, um, I mean, at, at kids, you know, it's hard to understand you know, like you're saying, but but when you do come to understand that, and when you do take more time to um, focus on what the mass truly is and the sacrifice that's happening at every mass, uh, it just makes a world of difference and it comes does. a whole new appreciation. It does, and then when you realize that, then um, going a little bit to what we talked a little bit earlier today is, then you realize that as a musician, like there's certain music you don't play at mass. Because of the reality of the sacrifice, mm. you know, so it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of great music out there that, that we use a lot for retreats right? and, and conferences and, and all these, you know, especially youth activities, Yes, you know, and um, like praise and worship music is great. You know, it's, we have a very strong praise and worship Catholic artist like Matt Marr. Yes. He has wonderful music. Um, but most of the music that's put out there that's praise and worship doesn't belong at the mass. You know, because again, if you recognize and realize the significance of the sacrifice of the mass, how can you be, I don't know, like just the image of the sacrifice and then you hear drums, like, 
doesn't fit. It doesn't. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. You know, it's um, that's music plays a very big role in that. Um, I've been very lucky that I've been able to work with with wonderful um, music directors and 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 priests that I'll come in. I'm like, oh, we're gonna do this because it sounds fun. It sounds great. And they're like, yeah, it's fun and great. They're like, but it's not for mass. I'm like, what do you mean? So I've been learning this. I mean, it's not something I just learned one year and that's it. I'm, right. I keep learning every year something new because, or every week even. Like I'll I'll play a a, a hymn and Monsignor will come up to me and be like, hey, uh, we're not supposed to play that hymn anymore. I'm like, why not? And he's like, I'll send you an article. So he sends me an article and I'm like, oh, the bishops declared da, 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 because of this. And so, Okay, so I have to Makes go into my sense. hymn. No, I'm like, don't play this hymn, you know, <laughs> or don't play this song. Or don't. So, you know, I'm, I'm always learning. And, you know, I think that's, again, music's a big, big part of why, of who I am and how I came into the church. So I try to do things right for the church. That's that's wonderful. And that, that speaks a lot about, you know, who you are as a person, that you would take the time, you know, to, that you want to continue learning more and want to um, to take the advice and, and that you're willing to to find out the the why behind it, you know, and to make it more reverent to add to to the mass, you know, to make it something, I mean, really it plays such a critical role. I think a lot of people, we don't think about it, you know, and, and it is nice, you know, when it's a fun, upbeat song, you, you know, you can appreciate that. But when you think about, okay, but how does it fit in with, the mass, um, then that's kind of a different story. Right. Yeah. I mean, praise and worship is a great evangelical tool for sure. Um, but again, that's n just because it's a great tool doesn't mean you can use it everywhere. Right. You know, so it has to be used properly, just like any tool. Yes. You know, so it's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, and people should be asking why more often and not just be like, I don't know. I, I know. A lot of people get uncomfortable when you ask, ask them, like, well, why do you believe this? And they're like, well, we just do, and they just want to drop the subject. But if we take the time to try to figure out why we believe what we do, then when, like for us, when our kids ask, mm -hmm. well, why do we this? Those are always fun conversations. Like, we'll sit there and we'll talk, <laughs> like, for 20, 30 minutes, and they're like, okay, Dad, we get it. We didn't want it long like that. <laughs> yeah, sorry we asked. <laughs> yeah, sorry we asked. <clears throat> But it's better than just being like, because. Right. You know, it's there is a why. Yes. There is a reason why we believe what we believe, why the church teaches what it teaches. And mm -hmm. I know I'm, I've, I'm, I don't have all the answers. I definitely don't have all the answers. A lot of things <laughs> I'm like, I'll get back to you or let's, <laughs> let, let's research it together. Right. And we'll sit there on our laptop or on our phones and, and look up information and see what happens. But. You know, I think if, if we allow people to ask why, mm -hmm. I think we would just have, you know, I don't want to use the word better, but better believers, people that really stronger. know stronger. They thank you. Stronger <laughs> believers at a stronger church, really. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think there is just so much richness to Catholicism. There's mm -hmm. so much to our faith that really, I mean, we can study our whole lives and you know, there's will still be more to study. Um, and so so taking the time to look it up, taking the time for your kids. I mean, that's really just so beautiful that you're you make that time to speak with them, to share with them so that they can be well formed, you know, so that they can um, continue to grow in their faith with 
the knowledge, you know, with having a, a little bit better of an understanding behind it, um, which also, you know, when you understand it more, you're not as likely to to abandon that, you know, to, to question and to stray away from it. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's so important is, is making that time to, you know, find out the, the reason why. Right. When we don't know it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Going back to, you know, how you asked about how it is now that our kids are, you know, in the church and he's away or at the music, um, they will ask me questions all the time, you know, why is purple or Lent, you know, or the, the branches and they and notice, all, they the notice all these things now yes. if they're older. And I'm like, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. And it's nice, you know, <laughs> seeing that, that they're wanting to learn more. And there's some things I don't know either. We, we don't know the questions to. So we do, I, I'll go, Hey, I'll tell my husband, um, they asked a question. I don't know the answer, you know, help me out. And we, I we don't know it either. And we're like, oh no. So we'll talk about it. And it's nice. It means we're there, we're learning together now as family. It's, it's great. It's seeing them growing up in that and learning together. It's just, it's, it's beautiful, you know, being yeah. children and having them be quiet. Oh, and then now they're just together. We're asking questions and learning more. It's, it is very beautiful seeing yeah. that growth. It's, it's, it's not bad to question. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I go question, you know, we need to question things. I go, one, there's a difference between questioning your face and, and doubting your faith. Right. Right. So, you know, we can have questions every day mm-hmm. without doubting. And that's, that's very possible. And that's, that's. That's how I really, really feel and believe. Like, I have so many questions every year. Like, I would think back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I learned all these new things. Because I had questions. Whenever Monsignor comes over or like Father Lolo at the time was at Mother Community, he would come over or any priest or religious, we always end up talk, having some kind of religious conversation. Like, well, why this or why that? And, sure. And and it's so, you know, it's so nice to hear so many different people give their perspective and their understanding. Um because you suppose that's what they studied. Yes. So they can give a much deeper uh, explanation and, and that helps us as well. Yes. Yeah, it does. It does. And that's such an important point that you all brought up. Just like um, parents are, you know, the primary faith teachers. I think so often it's easy. Okay. You know, your kids go to CCD classes and they fulfill that requirement. And, you know, um, I know while they're preparing for a sacrament, you have to go to mass and, you know, get things checked off, but it's not just about checking off all the the things that you're supposed to do. It's more than that. And it's, um, and the foundation begins at home, you know, begins and is, is, you know, further, um, nurtured at home. And, and I think that's a real privilege that, that you know, as parents, um, and I have through my own, you know, as parents, it's, it's great that we're able to, to do that, that we're able to, to form our kids. And I mean, and that's the goal, right, of parents is right. to get our kids to heaven. So why shouldn't we take that extra time with them and help form them and, and shape them and answer the whys, you know, and point things out to them, the different colors of the liturgical seasons and all of that. Definitely. Wow. Well, is there anything else that you all would like to share? I feel like we've covered so much and I've, I've we did. We kind of went, we covered a lot. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We did. I don't know. Is there anything? I can't think of anything. Me neither. Unless you have any other questions. It's like one question will open up like, Three topics. Yes. And then it just kind of spirals from there. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. And and it's been fantastic getting to learn more about both of you and, 
um, just really getting to know you a little bit more uh, as business owners, as, you know, parents, um, just as individuals. So I appreciate so much you coming to join us here at Who's in the Pew. No, and thank you for having us. This was a lot of fun. Glad you liked it. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Who's in the Pew. We hope you'll join us next week. And we'd like to thank all of our sponsors and all of our supporters as well for making this show possible.